Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening. And now that the summer is in full swing, the pest pressure is on. Um, certainly in my garden, there are so many Japanese beetles that they're taking out a lot of plants and it's getting kind of hard to keep up with them. And really as fast as I can weed feed and mulch my garden, the pests are moving in just as fast. So now I'm trying to weed, mulch, and I'm checking for those bigger, slower moving pests. Things like tomato hornworm, caterpillars, and maybe some squash bugs or Colorado beetles on the potatoes. I'm, I'm desperately trying to grab them and um, kill them off before they can eat any more of my plants. Um, and, you know, this is kind of what today's um, discussion is going to be. Um, this chat is all about pest control strategies to try in your garden because it really might seem like a futile battle picking off bugs by hand. I mean, there is that like kind of gross ick factor. I mean, you know, it's bugs that you're handling, right? I've never been into bugs um, and I don't have little kids either. Um, but if you do have kids that are into bugs, um, pest control in the garden can actually be quite fun for them, so I'm told. Um, I was reading a blogger fairly recently who sent her kids off into the garden with like mason jars and lids and asked her kids to pick off as many of the pests that they could find. And the kid who picked the most got a prize, although I think both of them ended up getting prizes, really. Um, but her kids were truly fascinated by bugs. Um, so if you have kids uh, um, or kids that like bugs um, maybe have them help you in the garden in fighting the the pests right i i really hate picking bugs off by hand and it's one of the reasons why things are going very slow in the garden like i never used to be um kind of freaked out by picking things off by hand and i think it's because in the back of my mind there's that nagging worry like is this poisonous is it going to cause problems you know as you get older right you start to be more aware of these things like if it's a spider forget it i'm i'm toast i'm i'm out like no, not doing it. Um, I got stuck in the raspberry patch for a good 20-30 minutes until um, my adult stepson had to come and rescue me from um, the large white spider that looked like the creepy exploding spiders in Solstheim in the Skyrim game if you've ever played that. Like I swear that thing was huge. Um, but I digress. Other bugs, um, I mean, in the UK, like I used to pick off caterpillars off plants and stuff all the time, no problem. I mean, but I think like over here, there's just so many weird and wonderful critters and insects. I'm still kind of learning like what's what's okay and what's not. And I mean, I've been here for you know a long time in the US, and I'm still still figuring those things out. But Maine's a new state, right? I don't necessarily know what some things are and there's a, I mean there's a lot of bugs that I recognize there's various butterflies um that we have in the UK that we also have here in Maine um so that was kind of nice seeing some of those but when it comes to a lot of the bugs that I'm seeing I have no idea what it is and um whether it's going to be something that's going to sting or bite whether it's going to hurt um you know I, I don't know I mean there's caterpillars here that cause some pretty bad allergic reactions for some people um, and some of the beetles and bugs really don't know what they are so unless I've got my trusty leather gloves on I'm really not going to be picking things up 
Meanwhile, my husband is running around the garden trying to catch a toad and chase me with it in his bare hands. So he's fine with those things. I'm a lot more squeamish. So if you are squeamish, get yourself some gloves that you feel pretty comfortable in, like having your PPE, right, your personal protective gear, I think goes a long way in helping your mindset and being able to get in and tackle some of these things. Um, I've made the mistake of picking um, or ripping out and weeding poison ivy with my bare hands because I didn't know what it was. Um, I learned from that mistake um, and so did my husband when he was weed whacking through various things. So now I know going into the garden, long sleeves, long pants and a good pair of gloves um, and you know I can handle most things now just not the spiders. Um, and you know, I will say handpicking bugs is going to take a long time, um, but it does mean that your beneficial bugs are not harmed in the process. You're, you know, very specifically targeting those bugs and even small hand pickings of pests from your garden are going to add up and help reduce that pest population for your garden in this season and in the following season depending on the pest right there's going to be fewer of them that are going to be available to mate and reproduce and that's going to help your pest populations drop down i will say that it is helpful to have something in um you know easy reach for you to put your hand picked bugs into um I can't tell you the number of times when I've been out in the garden and I'm doing whatever weeding and stuff and you know that I pick up this bug and I don't really want to squish it in my hands like I don't really want to be doing that um but I'm like oh I don't have anything to put this in like what am I going to do with it um so having like a, a bucket um, or an old coffee can or something, like a plastic coffee can that you can take with you to the garden, like something that you can put like water in to, you know, help stop the bugs from going anywhere. Actually, a bucket of water is ideal, um, you know, to drown the pests in, especially if you're going to feed them to chickens or ducks later. You don't want anything like soapy that's going to hurt them. Other people will use soapy water um, to drown their pests into and dish soap or castile soap are the most popular choices and both seem to work fine. Um, I find If I find like ticks on the dogs or on us, on clothes, I'll pull them off and put them into castile soap and water um, to kill them off and it works really great. Um, castile soap is used a lot on our homestead from dishes to laundry and so much more. Um, but it's one of those neat things to have around and soapy water in a spray bottle or in a pump garden sprayer um, is one of those easy pest control methods that you know beginner gardeners can can really use and um, soapy water in a spray bottle has been really good at saving our broccoli from aphids black fly and those kind of scale white fly bugs um, they're kind of all a member of the oh aphid family and um, we've had quite a lot of success using that when we lived in utah um so we would go out early morning before the bees were up and about or out at late at night or in the late evening if the sprinklers were not coming on 
and um, we basically sprayed the aphids with the um, soapy water and we sprayed them very liberally um, and it knocks them off the plant and it kills them like the soapy water like suffocates them because they breathe through their bodies and the soap prevents that airflow from happening so it kind of suffocates them um so you know using soapy water has been a method that we've used to deal with like wasps nests and stuff like that and it works really good for you know if you've got hand-picked bugs and you know you don't happen to have chickens or ducks that are going to be fed them later so that works pretty pretty well um but the problem of course is that you know they don't soapy water and stuff doesn't discern between good bugs and the bad bugs so even though it was really good at taking out the aphids and things if i knew or i saw that there was ladybugs you know whether it was larvae or adults or even lace wings that were feeding in the area where the aphids were that wasn't somewhere that i would then treat with the soapy water spray um, because i didn't want to hurt those um, ladybird or ladybug um, larvae or even the adults with the soapy water i wanted to keep those um, good beneficial insects doing what they're doing and i want those to be able to reproduce so they will help with tackling the pests later or in another season so um, and that's a really good important point to make that many of these pest treatments like the methods like some of these home remedy kind of things you know things like soapy water spray or using um diatomaceous earth oh my gosh trying to say that without coffee this morning's rough um neem oil spray garlic and pepper spray like these things they can hurt your beneficial bugs um like the ladybug the bees the assassin bugs and the pirate bugs those bugs that are going to help pollinate or take care of the pests in your garden and um, they can be um, hurt and killed off by some of these you know natural or easy pest treatment methods that many home gardeners use um, so I always like to throw out that sort of line of caution to you that if you want to or if you're looking at these kind of holistic gardening methods then it's really about finding the balance between these things and certainly you, you can use some of these methods of treating your plants but knowing the right time to apply them in your garden is where it's going to help because you don't want to hurt those other bugs and you know if you remember the training series about integrated pest management it's going to take at least three years for your garden's ecosystem to begin to balance but most success with this natural integrated pest management is after five years or even seven so it's a long game to play but the benefits are worth it because you're letting your garden you know tackle things naturally so back to the pest control um, i mentioned that there's other spray treatments a little earlier right again these are a broad attack approach with the bugs they can hurt both the good bugs and the bad bugs in the garden so find the best time to apply to reduce that likelihood that the good bugs are going to be exposed to these treatments um so the first up is neem oil and um you know this has a bunch of uses in the garden from helping with certain fungal problems to deterring pests um, i'm always looking for a neem oil that is omri or omri certified to use in the garden um, and always read the usage rates on the label and um, the rates can vary depending on the brand and the type of neem 
neem oil um so definitely read the label and lots of people have had success with neem oil others can't get over the smell um so if you're unsure get a small container first before getting a bigger one um, for some people you're mixing up um, the neem oil with water and it's kind of like a shake and spray kind of deal um, or you shake it up put it in a pump sprayer and then spray people often use this for um, fruit trees and controlling some of the pests associated with those and like I said it's often used for um, certain fungal problems as well so it's a good option to have available in your gardening toolkit and um, it's one that you may not use every year you may not use every other year you may only use it occasionally but it's a good one to have handy um, garlic and pepper spray is another one this is a kind of home remedy kind of pest control um, and there's a few different ways people make it there's lots of stuff available online that you can look at um, for some people they steep the garlic and hot peppers in oil or in water for a few days um, other people whiz it all up in a blender and then let it sit for a few days um, either way um, you let things kind of stew together for a little bit um, then you strain out the bits and then you mix it with water and then spray your plants with it um, it's said to help with various bugs that bite your plants I've not really had much success with this method but other gardeners have so I thought I would mention it for you um, another um, spray that you can do if you happen to have rhubarb um, ha handy on the property um, I've randomly found some rhubarb whilst I was um, stuck in the raspberry patch so that was somewhat successful um, even though I was stuck by a spider um, but if you can take um, some of the bigger leaves of rhubarb and um, steep those in water for a couple of days or actually even quicker is if you um, pour boiled water over the leaves like break up some leaves and pour boiled water over it um, and then let that steep for um, a little while whilst it cools down and then pour that into a sprayer um, and then spray your plants it's pretty good at deterring flea beetles um, but again this is one that you would want to do relatively early in the morning um, so you're away from you know your beneficial insects from getting hurt by the the spray I, I guess the um, oxalic acid that is in the leaves of the rhubarb um, it helps to deter the flea beetles and some other biting insects from your plants um one of the things that i was reading though was it is much better if you do like multiple sprayings of that so you spray it you let things dry and then you spray it again let it dry and then spray it again let it dry and that works a lot better um so that's that's an option for you if you have a bunch of rhubarb and you don't really know what to do with it like rhubarb leaves i would always put in the compost bin but now there's potentially another option for you there um another um kind of home remedy type of pest control and this one i'm actually quite interested in um is cedar oil um that's mixed with water and it can help deter biting insects from your plants um i did read that it might help deter deer too but the garlic and pepper spray as well can help um deter mammals so so i've been told um by other people that i've been sort of talking to 
who have uh, various deer problems, <laughs> not necessarily here in Maine, but across um, other parts of the US. So maybe I'll give the garlic and pepper spray another another go, but more for controlling the deer and deterring them. Um, but the deer are eating my sweet peppers and various other things now. And they've got quite a, um, a lovely buffet of, you know, organically raised um, produce coming out of my garden so um, I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned that I'm not going to get a harvest um, but we've got some very well fed deer around us um, but one of the the interesting things about this cedar oil that intrigued me is number one it's relatively easy to make you mix cedar essential oil and water together shake and spray your plants but you can also um, soak chunks of cedar in water for a few days and then spray the plants and given that when my husband isn't chasing me with a toad in his hands around the homestead um, he's a woodworker so he often has like little bits or cut-offs of wood or wood shavings that are cedar so this might be an easy one to try in the garden there are different types of cedar um, so I'm not sure if it's going to work better with a certain type of cedar. So like eastern cedar um, is obviously native to the east coast and then the western cedar is native to the west coast. I don't know if that makes a difference depending on where you are and the type of cedar that you use. Um, but that, that might be something to, to try. Um, that might be one that's relatively straightforward for me to do. And I'm using up something that is a waste product from my husband's wood shop. So that's that's going to be something that I'm going to um, give a go, I think, um, in the upcoming weeks if I can find the cedar wood shavings because right now he is working on a trestle table um, for the house that is made from beams that have come from the barn. Um, so he found some um, 150 year old, 200 year old wood beams um, that were just kind of stacked somewhere or I think he took it, he may have taken it off the floor um, or one of the walls or something. Anyway, he, he found some really old barn um, planks and he's turning it into this gorgeous trestle table um, for the house that he's built by hand so I'm, I'm really excited um, for that project as it's coming through so right now it's not necessarily working with cedar but the minute that he does um, I will be nabbing some of those wood shavings to steep in water so you basically steep in water for a few days and then drain it off and put it in a sprayer and use that to spray your plants uh, next up is diatomaceous earth or de it is a white powder that can be dusted around your plants and over plants to stop bugs crawling on them um i'm going with de because it's a lot easier to say than diatomaceous earth um it is like cut glass and razor blades basically for bugs and it actually specifically has instructions on the the um the bag to avoid application near bees and other beneficial insects because it it doesn't you know it hurts everything that is a, a crawly kind of bug or a flying bug if it's a bug it's going to hurt it basically d is really good if it's dry um it works very well protecting your plants if it's wet it doesn't work um, so once it gets wet, it loses its effectiveness. Um, but many organic gardeners and farmers use this for protecting leafy greens. 
I used it when we lived in Utah in the garden a couple of times and I had mixed success um, given that I had like a lot of bees in my garden and here too I have a lot of like bumblebees and things in my garden. I'm less inclined to, to use this method um, just because of the larger bee population that we have. Um, I mostly use DE in the chicken's dust bath and the coop to help deter mites. That's really where I used a lot of that but a lot of gardeners have good success with it so I would love to hear from you um, if you had good success with DE or diatomaceous earth and how you use it in your garden so please let me know. Um, laws are um, an interesting pest control method. Um, on one hand, you can hopefully convince enough of the bugs um, that there's something totally awesome that they need to go check out and hopefully they end up in your trap rather than in your garden. But on the other hand, are you then attracting more of the pests into, the gar into your garden um, that may have otherwise overlooked your veg patch? So those are a really interesting um, pest control method. Some people use them and love them. Other people feel that it brings a lot more pests into the area and people you know sometimes find that they have more of an issue um you know later on or in another season than what they did before they started using the law um i've got a big enough property that i could put the law somewhere else um where it's going to attract things away from the garden um and also with some of the other strategies that i'm using for the um, integrated pest management like so this the interplanting of different plants use companion planting using you know flowers as well as vegetables not growing kind of big blocks of the same thing so it's a nice beacon for um the various pests like hey there's our favorite food right here let's go um so i think when used in conjunction with some of these other methods you're going to have better success anyway um but certainly for other types of pests laws are very very common um so like in the uk laws for coddling moths and apples and pears are pretty common um i've actually been looking at laws for japanese beetles for next year and i've seen some really incredible ones that farmers have come up with like there was one um Japanese beetle law where it was like a trash can that this farmer had converted and um it like all of these Japanese beetles were just going into this trash can and when like they opened it up it was just full of them it's crazy the amount that was in there um but it kept them away from uh, the crops so that was that was pretty good um, and you know one of the nice things about laws is they use um, pheromones usually that are very specific to that pest so they're they're targeted they're not going to attract and hurt your beneficial insects so that's one thing that you know I'm very sold on as using laws is it's not going to hurt the bees and the other pollinators and the other beneficial insects that are out in my garden um, I had an accidental law trap happen when I left a five gallon bucket outside in the tomato patch um, I'd been using the bucket to move like wood chips and mulch so like you know haul down a wheelbarrow full of mulch well because my garden beds are already planted it's kind of you know takes a lot longer to like grab handfuls of wood mulch and then put them down it's much easier for me to kind of fill up a five gallon bucket and then you know start sprinkling that around you know the tomato plants or whatever plants that I'm dealing with so that was a lot easier 
So I'd left the bucket out um, into the tomato patch and we've had a few storms um, over the last week. And um, I, you know, was super busy with some really long work days. So I hadn't gotten to the garden for a few days. And then when I went over, um, there was a good few inches of water that had gathered in the bucket. But to my surprise, there was like 50 dead Japanese beetles in there too. So I'm not sure if they were attracted to the, you know, the light color of the bucket, whether they're thinking it's flowers or whatever. Um or whether it was the water in the bucket but either way it definitely helped the garden a little bit by taking out some of those Japanese beetles because once you kind of get a bunch of them together they have this whole feeding frenzy thing going on and it's really difficult to um, you know sort of get back into a state of control um, when that kind of thing happens with them. Um, so for some areas of my garden, it's already been and gone, um, but hopefully they can um, start making progress uh, with some of the other methods of, uh, you know, control of these bugs in the garden. And hopefully you can look to doing something similar too. Laws are very common for things like wasps, like the paper wasps um, and stuff in people's gardens. We used those before um, in Utah to help pull the wasps away from our beehives. And it worked quite well actually. And there was various things that you could use as a law for wasps. I mean, obviously like the sugary water worked well. Um, the pheromone piece worked really well random bit of salami worked well like because wasps were attracted to like protein um at one point which was really interesting to watch like i never thought that would work but it did um and some of the the law traps that you can get um you know that i mean they they don't look great, right? It's very obvious that that is a law trap. So if you're looking for things from an aesthetic point of view, like a law trap may not be quite what you're looking for, but you know, they do work um, very well. So definitely something to look into for your garden as well. And then finally, there's um, organic targeted solutions for various pests, like releasing parasitic nematodes that go for a specific host or, you know, introducing parasitic wasps, ladybugs and other various control methods. BT um, is one that is pretty popular for organic farmers um, and it stands for bacillus something beginning with T. Um, I'll have to look that up. I'm not entirely sure but it is a very very common one. It's like a big B and a little T. Um, that's that's how like it's listed usually in um, some of the gardening magazines um, or catalogs and stuff. Um, a lot of people use it to protect against um, leafy greens, but various other um, crops too. And it's it's very popular and has, you know, quite good success rates. So if you're kind of starting into these um, nematodes and parasitic wasps and stuff to control your pests, do a bit of reading um, before diving in because you want to make sure that you're not wasting your money by, you know, getting the wrong thing. But also for them to be, you know, successful, um, you have to apply them at the right time in the garden when the pest is in that right stage of their growth cycle for that control method to be successful. So pest control is 
definitely um, a worthwhile activity to spend some time in gaining some knowledge and doing some research. It's certainly one of the things I'm really interested um, in learning about at some of these ecologically um, managed farms and the organic certified farms that are around me. Like I've I mean I've mentioned on the podcast before that when I grow up I want to grow seeds and um, I want those to be organically grown so why not learn from those who are already doing it now and learning from them so take some time to do some research when it comes to pest control strategies you don't necessarily need to be like running out with you know various you know sprays and stuff and hitting up your garden left right and center sometimes a targeted approach is going to be the better approach and sometimes the slow and steady um, hand picking is going to be better too so i would love to know from you how do you deal with pests in your garden let me know over in the facebook group and until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i'll see you all next week